The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the Spirit of truth, He will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason I told you, that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. Christ. Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord for the rain. Amen. Ah, it was such a... Surprise. Like, oh, raining. Man, it's been a busy couple of days here in our, our both parishes, in fact, for Portola and in Loyalton. On Fridays, our high school students graduated, or the seniors graduated. And so, so many of the families are involved, and it's been a lot of parties and, and everything else. So it's been a whirlwind for many of our families. In Loyalton, the high school there invited the, the parish, myself, to address the seniors at our baccalaureate uh, blessing and so many of the families came to the parish there, and the kids were all dressed in their ga- or kids, or seniors. So. And they all came to the church there, the families too. And so as they were in their gowns, I told them, and I was wearing my cassock too, you know, I wear my black cassock. And I told the kids, because many of them are non-Catholic, I said, do you notice we look alike this, today? We look alike, have you noticed that? As I was standing there with my gowns on, they thought like, yeah, we do kind of look alike. I said, do you know why? <laughs> Because I told them that the education system as we know it here in the West was invented by us, born out of the heart of medieval Catholicism, in the pursuit of truth, the truth. Because I know, what, I know the philosophical underpinnings of their minds is that there's no such thing as truth. There's your truth, my truth, all the little truths running around. And I said, that is not the West. There was an objective reality and the pursuit of truth, which is why they're wearing those gowns, because the education system was born out of a love for the truth. And then I challenged him, I said, so many of you, some of you might go off to college, and and when you graduate college, notice the colors of your robes that you're going to wear. It's going to become what color? He said, oh, black. Then we'll really look alike, right? He said, because you are pursuing the truth. That was a beautiful time. I'm not even in my homily yet. I'm just kind of introducing. <laughs> but it was, it was a beautiful because I was trying to evangelize those non-Catholics about the, the truth, ultimately, which would lead to the incarnate truth, our Lord and Savior. So it's been a glorious time. Great to see the kids as they go off now to college or whatever path the Lord, the Lord leads them. 
So pray for the young people. Pray for them. Because they're entering into a harsh, harsh world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you remember beginning of the year I went off, I abandoned you, and I went off on a retreat. <laughs> I flew off to Tallahassee, Florida. So remember, every year as priests, we are required by church law to go out on retreat for five days of silence just to pray. By church law, it says, it's just, just get out of your parish and go pray. Every priest is required to do that, by, again, by church law. And so if you recall, I went off to Tallahassee to this place called the John Paul II Healing Center. And so there was a group of priests flown from all over the United States, and we gathered to pray. And I didn't tell you about the graces that flowed from that retreat. I've been, I've still this very day, I've still been pondering, contemplating what our Lord gave us on that retreat. And let me tell you, it was the most powerful retreat experience of my entire life. I literally, I could have... I flew back here, of course, but I could have I ran back here. I was just floating on, on the graces. Have, have you ever experienced that? Have you ever encountered God in such a powerful way where you just feel so free? You just feel so free, and I, I could have flown here. I could have floated all the way here. That's how it felt for, the, for two months. I, was on, I felt like I was on a spiritual high. Because part of the retreat was, it was called the Path to Freedom and Holy Desire. Like, what is that? What does that mean? Notice this. We all have desires. Every single one of us. We all have desires. What is a desire? A desire is a longing for an unmet good. So our hearts desire things because we don't have it. And so we long for it. And we all desire it. Our desires are directly correlated with our identity. Because depending upon who we are, who I am, how I define myself, will determine what I desire in life. The two are correlated. Normally, we receive our identity from our parents. That's where we get our identity from, ideally. And even we could have the most perfect parents in the world. They could love us, they could do everything, because that's because our parents reveal to us our value through their love. Especially from fathers, by the way. Men, oh, do not forget the power you have in your family. Look at the stats. You go to prison, and the stats are astonishing. You're going to see a pattern. Why are all the young men there? The vast majority of them from, from absent fathers. Men who have failed in their duty. Because we receive our identity from our parents. I remember when I was a kid. You know, of course, I grew up in Sacramento. And we, we'd always take trips to Tahoe. Of course, the many families go to Lake Tahoe. And I remember we used to have one of those big Chevy vans, you know, those big vans that get like six miles per gallon, those big ones, like from the 18, remember the 18 van, like those ugly vans that you see? So we used to have a van, we were taking a family trip, and we're going up to, to South Lake Tahoe, and I was about eight or nine years old. 
And my mother calls me over, so we're in the car, it's about a two and a half hour drive. My mother calls me over in the car as we're driving, and, and I sit, I'm sitting on her lap. And she starts to hug me, you know, as a little kid, you know, as kids, mothers do that, they, they start hugging you. And she says, I love you so much. And she began to cry. She started weeping. She says, I love you, I love you so much. I want to say to you, I'm sorry. And I, as a little kid, you're thinking, what are you talking about? Well, she says, I'm so sorry, I apologize to you. I don't know what brought it upon my mom at that moment to say this, but she said, when I was pregnant with you, I wanted to abort you. And she started weeping. And as an 80-year-old kid, you're thinking, you're looking up like, what is abortion? <laughs> what is that concept? I have no idea what that is. And she started weeping and crying. When, you're, when you're, I was pregnant with you, I was young, and I wanted to abort you. So I'm eight years old at that time. And then, didn't think about it from that moment on. Because you're a kid, you, how do you even process that? You don't. And then I enter into seminary now. See, the reason why it takes so long to form a priest, by the way, it takes about, about seven years to form a priest. And the reason why part of that process, it's not an intellectual formation, but the whole process to, to form a priest is that we, we, we unravel the layers of, of a man's life. To get him down deep, to form him as a, as a man. And so I remember we, we'd break up into small groups as part of our formation sessions. So by this time, I'm in my f uh, fourth year in seminary. Now I'm, I'm in Rome. And we were breaking up into our small groups. There are about five of us. And I forget the, the topic of that particular small group session. But it was my turn to speak. And the memory of that moment in, in that van when I was eight years old came up again. And I told my small group this, the same story I told you. I said, yeah, when I was eight years old, my mom told me that she wanted to abort me. And the moment that I said those words, I broke down and started crying. Have you ever cried uncontrollably before? Where you can't even control, you, you just start, you just break down, and no matter what you try to do, you just, you're just crying and you're just pouring your, your heart out. And God bless my brothers. They just sat there and let me cry. Because they understood that something was happening in front of them, and so they honored it. They stayed quiet, and for 10 minutes, I just wept like a baby. Again, I had no idea, I had never thought about it since. I was eight years old from that memory. And then at that small group session in seminary, I was 27. Now jump back to the retreat in Tallahassee. I'm 41 years old now. I'm on that retreat, and then part of the whole retreat is getting down deep into our story. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, through God's grace, we, we start digging into our story. And part of the retreat was that there'll, there'll be a speaker. His name is Dr. Bob Schutz. He led the retreat. And he would give us a topic and we'd discuss and, and, and we'd delve into it. And then we would again break up into 
a prayer session. So we'd have one person who would pray over us, and we'd be there, and as they're praying over us, we're trying to reveal what the Holy Spirit is trying to un- unravel in our, in our hearts and in our lives. And towards the end of the week, Something powerful broke through. She says, Father, there's something more, isn't there? I said, what are you talking about? I, I kind of shared something profound or I thought was profound. She says, no, it's not, that's not it. There's something more. And as she's praying, she's praying deeply. She's calling upon the Holy Spirit. She's rebuking all of the lies. She's rebuking demons. She's, she's trying to get down to, to, the, to the heart of it. And at that moment, I was given a vision. You see, my whole life, I've searched for love. Like we all do, don't we? We all search desperately for love. We want people to affirm us. We want people to love us. And my whole life, I've always felt rejected for whatever reason. And, and I, and, and when you begin to look over the story of your life, you begin to see a pattern. Why we do what we do. And oh, how we desperately search to love, to be loved, and to be of value for someone to tell us that we're lovable. Oh, we all do this. I don't care who you are. We all long for that. And so we pursue all those different ways that the world tells us to, to, to get that love. And so in this vision, what, ha- what begins to happen, it came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, it, w- it was like I was watching television, but like in, in, in a 3D way. I saw myself in the womb. I was a little, a little baby in the womb, my mother's womb. And then I saw my mother yelling at me. Why are you there? You see, my mom was young when she had me out. They weren't practicing Catholics, so they were all in the contraceptive mentality. And so the contraception had failed. So they weren't expecting me. And so when she found out she was pregnant, I saw my mom yelling Why are you there? You're not supposed to be there. We don't want you. We're going to abort you. And so I saw my my, my young mom just yelling at me. And I sat there as, as, as as a little baby. And then I, I yelled back at my mom. I said, I didn't do anything. Why are you yelling at me? I don't want to be here either. And then I started yelling at God. You did this. Why did you create me? Even my own mother doesn't want me. Why am I here? And I saw this dynamic before my very eyes. And then I started weeping again. And I said, oh, and then I started talking to myself. Oh, you poor, innocent baby. 
You didn't do anything, Brian. And I saw this unfolding before my very eyes. And then beauty through God's grace. As I, as I talked to my little fetus self, <laughs> I said, it's okay. You're innocent. And then I turned to my young mom. I said, mom, I forgive you. You were scared. You were 18 years old when you found out that you were pregnant with me. I understand. And I love you too, Mom. And then at that moment, I heard God's voice break through. It was the same voice that broke through, if you recall, when Jesus was baptized at the Jordan River. Do you remember that? When Jesus Christ was revealed to the world publicly for the first time, he's in the, he's in the Jordan River. John the Baptist is present. He sees Jesus coming down, and John the Baptist beautifully says, Behold the Lamb of God. You remember that beautiful account? And then Jesus goes down into the water, and John the Baptist pours water over him. And then it says that the the heavens parted and the Father's voice radiated as the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove and the voice of the Father. Do you remember what the Father said? Behold, my Son, with whom I am well pleased. God the Father reveals the identity of Jesus Christ. And at that moment, I heard the Father's voice as I was looking at myself in the womb and I saw my teenage mother and God the Father said to me, Brian, you are my son, and with you I am well pleased. Oh, at that moment, what began to happen? This healing occurred. This deep, profound wound my entire life I have searched for, revealed to me through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said to me what God the Father said, you are my son. And from that moment on, what happened was that I no longer needed the affirmation of the world. I don't need to look a certain way anymore. I don't need to behave like everybody in order to get the affirmation. I don't care what people say about me. You can gossip about me. You can say all the bad things about me. I don't care anymore because I don't need the world's affirmation. I don't need it. Why? Because I am Brian Sullivan, a son of the Father, created in the image and likeness of God. I'm a son. I am a Christian. That is my identity. I don't need the world anymore and its affirmations and all its false promises. Do you see what begins to happen? Is that when we understand the power of the Holy Spirit and the sending of Jesus Christ into the world, we now become members of the Holy Trinity. This beautiful mystery we celebrate today. And once we realize that, oh, my brothers and sisters, freedom. Freedom. You and I are loved.
all of the lies fade away. Why do I not want to sin? Because I don't want to hurt my father. Why do I pray every day? Why do I receive the Eucharist as often as possible? Why do I go to confession? It's because I love my father. Our deepest identity is that we are all sons and daughters of God created to live with the Trinity forever. And once the veils were moved and we begin to see that, the world loses its allure. I don't need money, power, honor, pleasure. I don't need that big house. I don't need that fancy car anymore. I don't, my body doesn't have to look a certain way. I don't need people to stop speaking good things about me. We are members of the Holy Trinity, participating in the love of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That, my friends, is who we are.